0: Rob, you're um, you're still stuck in severance.
1: Well, yeah. Once you're in, you can't get out, can you?
0: Two weeks later, you're you're still your um, your innie, innie version of yourself. That's right. But um, you're looking well though. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Unusually for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come podcast time, you're normally um, half dead, aren't you? Dying from from something.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I was sort of off off schedule um we had a bit of a there was a, a tummy bug at nursery which we've all enjoyed since we last spoke
0: oh dear oh yeah you've got all this to look forward to haven't you? i can't wait yeah how long <laughs> have i got now i've got how long have i got of my my current life i've got another until the 7th of june apparently so um yeah that's when everything uh gets very interesting and i lose all my sleep um anyway enough about that uh, we have a guest another guest we seem to have a guest every every show now rob it's great yeah awesome and this time we've got Sammy who is calling in. Well, Sammy, tell us where you're calling from.
2: I'm calling in from Saudi Arabia.
0: Which well, I th- that's I- our first Saudi Arabia based guest, I think. It is. <laughs>
2: Glad to be making history.
0: <laughs> um, thanks for coming on, Sammy. Really appreciate it. Um, of course. I suppose just for the benefit of the audience, those who don't know, because um, you, you told me not to try and pronounce your surname. So I'll let you do that, and then you can perhaps tell us who you are and what you do.
2: You pronounce my last name, Fatih. And the reason why I say it's tricky is because it, it, the, the etch at the end is like a really deep etch that you kind of have to like almost gag on. Um, so it's quite, it's quite difficult for Western accents to try and uh, to do it. So you can just call me Sammy. But yeah, uh, Sammy Patey, uh, editor and social media manager at MacRumors. Happy to be here.
0: No, we're happy to have you, definitely. How long have you been at MacRumors?
2: Oh, it's been a little over a year.
0: And how are you found, finding it?
2: You know, um, I uh, couldn't complain about a thing.
0: It's, well, so you've joined at an interesting time, haven't you? As well, to be fair. I mean, smack bang in the middle of everything that Apple's doing at the moment. It's um, it's a good time to be talking and writing about Apple, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a, a prime time sort of uh, time period. Yeah, it's it's been one one hell of a journey, for sure.
0: What's been your highlight since you kind of Apple-wise since you um you started there?
2: Oh, that oh, that's that's, that's actually quite easy. Um, it was, I don't know if you guys remember when Siri leaked last year's April event. Uh, when I do you remember asked that. Siri, uh, when's the next, I think it was like a week before the actual event, a few hours, actually no, it was probably around maybe like 13, 14 hours before the actual invites came out. If you asked Siri, when's the next Apple event, it, it said, the next Apple event scheduled for April 20th next week. Um, I, I quite remember vividly getting up at like six o'clock my time and writing about that so that would probably have to be the highlight because so that was a uh, that was a very rare thing to catch on Apple's side—a uh, slip up like that. So, yeah.
0: unless it wasn't a slip up, unless it was a one of those you things. Know,
2: the funny thing is, is that the the person who actually tipped me on it was an Apple employee. Uh, that was uh, what tipped me off. I was I was laying in bed, um, kind of just scrolling on Twitter, and I got a message from a good friend of mine at Apple, um, and he was like, "Hey, by the way, have you ever have you talked to Siri recently?" And it was a really cryptic sort of message. And this was just around the time that, you know, event rumors were starting to to kind of swirl around. So I just casually asked you, I said, when's the next Apple event? And uh, I think my heart dropped (laughs) when when it responded because I hadn't seen it anywhere else. And and to be able to be first on something like that was uh, quite awesome.
0: Quite a scoop, definitely.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, we're not far from WWDC now, are we? Actually, it's. Um, I mean, ironically, it's obviously the week that my. Um, we we're expecting my, our little, our first one, um, which is ironic. But um, in fact, the, our, our due date is the seventh of June, and it's uh, the sixth. Oh obviously, that we'll get the, yeah, get the keynote. So um,
2: you're going to be beta testing iOS sixteen and trying to juggle being a dad and.
0: Sat next to a hospital bed with my laptop out, getting told off. Probably, I won't Wait, take the your cameras pro- in.
2: Got your priority straight.
0: <laughs> absolutely, I've told her that already. She's aware. <laughs> Couldn't let Tim down. Or <laughs> Craig. Um, oh, Of course, don't, absolutely. Don't forget about Craig.
2: How, how, how? could you? Craig. Craig's the highlight of the show.
0: Hair Force One. Absolutely. Are we? Um, I suppose we might as well talk about WWDC quickly. What? What's? Um. What are your predictions, Sammy? For you? What? What are you looking forward to?
2: I, I'm quite honestly just excited for the actual keynote. Um, I've really enjoyed Apple's digital events, uh, and I remember, you know, we were, there were a lot of questions over what the first WWDC or the first all-digital WWDC was in, in 2020. You know, what sort of format it would be. I think they have done a really good job with all of the digital events. Uh, they've they've you know stayed creative. They've stayed uh, quite um, you know interesting. Um, I think there was a little bit of fear, at least on my end. Um, that they would kind of just run out of ideas after so many events, because right, they, they're just at Apple Park. They're, there's not so much you can show. You know, it's, it's one sort of, I guess, compound. Uh, so there's not much you can show, but they've, they've been very creative. So I'm just excited for the actual keynote, uh, you know, for the transitions, the music, Apple chooses awesome music for the events, uh, which I end up adding to my own library after. Um, so yeah, the event, just the keynote itself, in terms of actual announcements, I really want to see what they do with iPad OS, um, as, as I'm sure you two would agree. You know, iPad OS is just in this dismal state where you know it's. We complain about this every year, and I feel like it's, just, it's getting tiring complaining about it. But at some point, Apple is going to have to address these concerns, and I can't think of a, of a you know a, a more suitable time than than this year. So, probably those those two things
0: completely agree i, I think ipad os i mean i've I've kind of written and rambled on enough about this already but uh like you say it is getting boring now because what they're going to do with it and they've kind of exacerbated the issue by putting an m1 chip into things like the ipad air obviously the ipad pro before that and i think you know i think the very first podcast we did rob was we, we moaned about ipad os i think didn't we
1: it was, yeah it was called uh if all we get is widgets and that's all we got and all we got was widgets.
2: And so, all you got uh, was widgets. We, the, big in, widgets. In, in, in Apple's defense, though, I mean, the, the refinements to iPadOS to us, you know, because I think, you know, we, we all probably consider ourselves kind of heavy users of, of Apple products. Um, but if you think about the general sort of mainstream market, the, the actual refinements that have been made to iPadOS, OS, um, They work for the majority of of iPad customers, right? Because the majority of iPad customers are going out and buying an iPad for, you know, entertainment to just, you know, know, browse the web, um, occasionally take notes and things like that. There's only a very small sort of segment of the overall iPad user base that wants this pro level um, sort of uh, interface on the iPad. So in Apple's defense, they have refined ipad for a very specific group of people while neglecting an entire other group of people and i hope that this year they they shift focus and say okay well you know we've we've done enough for the for the you know casual usage of ipad now let's focus on the pros and give them what they want um so that's that's my small defense of apple
0: i think that's fair i I think um i mean for me being a I suppose not so much a power user, just more of a, a user who wants to use some more professional type stuff on the iPad. And I know and that, that's probably that will kind of get a lot of people's backs up because there, there is professional stuff out there. It's just not for me. Um, what what I want to see is Final Cut Pro, uh, Logic Pro. I, I mean, we've we've spoken about this, Rob, haven't we? In the past, I, I still can't see how they're going to do either of those things, particularly Final Cut Pro, because of the the size of libraries or the way all that kind of at that, that uh, you know, the guts of Final Cut Pro on the Mac are quite cumbersome. I can't quite see how that translates to the iPad and how it can sync libraries and stuff. But um, but I want, but yeah, they've got the resources to do it, haven't they? And now that we've got the power to do it as well, actually, in the iPad itself. Um, but I know Rob, you've got a lot of thoughts on this, haven't you? In terms of what they could potentially do, you, you got me quite excited a little while ago when when they first put the M1 chip in the iPad Pro. Um, you had to explain what you meant by it because I'm a bit stupid with this sort of stuff. But um. Yeah, once you kind of detailed what you what you would like to see, it was actually quite
1: exciting. Yeah, so oh, it was it was a completely it's just a wacky idea that has popped into my head. So you know now that everything's got Apple Silicon in it more or less, and the iPad Pro has got it's Thunderbolt now. It's got isn't it think USB so. C four? Yeah, no one understands what that stuff means. <laughs> um. But essentially, you've got a forty gigabits per second connection. So yeah, just uh, a while back, Sammy, just for your for your benefit, we just had we just explored the notion of an evolution of sidecar. But if you imagine it as tandem, i.e., you've got the two Apple silicon processors connected via a forty gigabit per second umbilical cord that allows you to offload processing between those two chips. And I don't think we'll ever see that, but it's a, it was, it was just an interesting conversation about how you know now everything's sort of on the same level that it, it would be technically possible. But I mean, I would ju- I would be happy with the iPad if uh, if they just gave us multi-user support because still you can only have one user on an iPad, and that's kind of I think that's a bit stingy because you know Apple TV you've got multi-user support, the Mac you've got multi-user support, but yeah, so why not the iPad? So I mean, if they, if they only give us one thing. I think it should be that because right. yeah, I'd I'd like to be able to hand my iPad off to my you know daughter or you know someone else and, and have them be able to use and enjoy that device without messing up all my stuff. I can't do that at the moment. I'm I'm, I'm not going to buy my three year old uh, an, an iPad. That's madness. So yeah, but I mean, all, all this. Like, I know we we we've got a bee in our bonnet about. Oh, they put an M1 in the in the iPad. You got to remember that the M1 is essentially an iPad chip, so it's kind of a scum full circle. So everyone sort of kicks up this fuss. But if you remember when Apple Silicon was first announced, everyone was like, "Oh, MacBooks are going to be iPads now because it was essentially just a you know a beefed up A chip." And so yeah, so I don't. Yeah, yes, it is ridiculously overpowered, but for the operating system. But I don't. I they got be, they've got to be up to something. I hope so.
0: I really hope so. I mean, just quickly going back to the Final Cut Pro example, if I give you an example today of how I could use that literally based on my kind of to-do list today. So I've been filming some B-roll this morning for Friday's video, and I'm the sort of person who can't work in the same room for too long because I get cabin fever, so I have to go and work in coffee shops and things. So what I'd love to do today, once we finish recording this, is head off to local coffee shop, grab a bite to eat, and finish off the edit from the B-roll that I've been filming this morning. Now, to do that at the minute, I've got to take my 16-inch MacBook Pro with me, which, you know, is like taking a, a car with you into a um, into a coffee shop. So I get stick for that as well, because I know it's not technically that heavy, but it's it's cumbersome. Whereas the iPad, if I had, let's say, an iPad Air 5 or my iPad Pro 12.9-inch, taking that with me to that coffee shop and cracking on with that edit would be a massive benefit for me i've got all the kit here to do it but i can't um that's the one thing i want that that for me that would work and i don't think i'm alone with that I've, I've spoken to other people i've seen other people kind of mention those kind of things um but yeah that's i don't know if that's asking too much or what but like you say rob hopefully they are up to something um sammy what what do you want from ipad os what what's your your big wish
2: i i i well up until recently, I have started editing videos, so I would not uh, be against Final Cut coming to the iPad. The only thing, because I'm sure Apple has, you know, thought about bringing you know Final Cut to the iPad. I'm sure they've thought about bringing Xcode to the iPad. I wonder though if they've just felt that it's too niche of a feature to you know use all those resources because they would have to probably take engineers working away from something else to develop, as you mentioned, you know, a whole new way of you know how do you store a library on an iPad. Or how do you sync between the iPad and Mac? If you make a change in, on, you know, one project on the iPad, you then have to wait for that to export and then, you know, hop it over to an, you know, Mac. There's just so many questions um, to how that workflow would be, and I just wonder if they've just kind of felt that it's too niche of a of a of a feature to actually work on. Um, if if they, you know, they could have been working on it for years, and and we, we see it this year, next year, um, we'll see. For me personally, though, I mean, my requests for iPad are just two. I mean, it, it, it's the small things that matter, right? I mean, we're talking very big picture things, but it's the small things that matter, like small things in the Files app. The Files app is is just a really weird cluster of just options. And um, if you try and rename a file on the Files app on iPad, you have to like go through like three different menus before you can actually rename a file. I mean, it's it, just the small things like that really kind of make or break any experience whether it's ipad os or iphone or whatever so just the small things like that um windows support would be nice you know uh sort of like um mission control on on, on the mac um but yeah just the the small the small refinements. that's i just want them to to you know you know i sometimes wonder if actual engineers ever use ipad os because i feel like they make it but then they don't actually use it because if they used it i i sort of like how how do you you know, how do you think people are going to, like, really, like, attach to this? So just the small, the small things.
0: A lot of it is the, is the user base, isn't it? Like, you, you touched on that earlier, Sammy, that mm-hmm. the majority of people who use iPads don't probably use it in the way that we want to use it. Um, so it's a, probably a small fraction of the of the user base in fairness. And, and those, those guys at Apple probably just use their MacBooks. <laughs> so and they probably use their iPads for what- content consumption and stuff.
2: Some of the blame though is on Apple themselves because they've marketed the iPad as a, as a laptop replacement. I mean, they had an entire line, an entire iPad uh, marketing campaign of what's a computer where they kind of showed off how you know, how use this iPad and how it can re- replace your laptop. So a part of the blame for us wanting to be able to use the iPad as we want, it, you know, as we want to use it is because Apple has sort of made us want it that way. They've, they've portrayed it as being a laptop replacement. Uh, but then, if you ever try and actually replace your your you know your workflow on it, you just you just can't. Some people could, you know. Uh, for us, I don't think that we 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 could probably do our jobs just on an iPad. So some of the blame that, that, is on Apple themselves.
1: That that advert was a spectacular fail because that was not the intent of that campaign. I don't think because if you recall, the tagline was "Your next computer is not a computer." So they yeah. were they were trying to shift people's perceptions into. Questioning what a computer was, not saying that the iPad is a laptop replacement, and they achieved the exact opposite of that.
2: I have a good, uh, good. I, I thought they had a campaign of What's a computer? I'm pretty sure that maybe that's not for the iPad. But...
1: Yeah, yeah, no, they did, and that, thats the point okay. is that uh, that everyone interpreted that as them as Apple telling them that the iPad yeah. was a laptop replacement, and what they were actually trying to do was was say it's not a Redefined laptop replacement; it, yeah. it's something different. Um, and even, you know, even from the day it was launched, when Steve Jobs was presenting it on the stage, he had, well, look, you've got your phone on this side and you've got your computer, but what, what about something in the middle that is neither of those things? So right from day one, they've always tried to position it as an entirely new category of device um, and have made every effort to present it as not a laptop replacement, but as a, uh, something complementary to your, to your laptop and your phone. Um, but yeah, that one advert campaign really, really backfired. I think because it, it it did the exact opposite of what I think they were trying to achieve. Hmm. Which was inevitable because if, if if they don't present what
0: what it actually is, okay, it's not a computer, but what is it? That that's the issue I've had with the iPad. I, I love the iPad, but I still have a challenge when it comes to working out where it fits into into this world into well, it's, my it's world. an ipad
1: that's the point it's, a, it's I know. a new category of device a new paradigm it's an entirely new way of interacting with what we formerly thought of as computers that's what they're going for which that's is worked f- obviously but
0: <laughs> exactly yeah but that, that's the problem from my side because i i i find myself having to force myself to use it i don't know if you found that rob recently because you obviously you've bought a macbook air recently i think you, you mentioned that you don't you know, as a result of that, you don't use the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro anymore.
1: Is that is that still the case? Yeah, well that's because I'm a dinosaur. So yeah, so I, I went on a sort of a year mission of trying to use an iPad as my only computing device when away from my desk. So I've got my Mac mini when I'm at the desk and I'm doing proper computer stuff, and then for away from desk, I use the iPad Pro. And I really got into it. I was you know, I the my favorite thing about iPads is shortcuts because so you can set up all kinds of cool stuff with with shortcuts and and basically make the iPad whatever you want it to be so what you know anything that you need to do on a regular basis you can pretty much turn it into a shortcut and and, and it's also it's really good as a a sort of smart home hub as well and again with the automations and all the stuff that you can build into that it's it's a really you can make it a really powerful portable device yeah it's not for doing work on though absolutely not but um yeah since i got that macbook air and i yeah i do find myself just the you know, path of least resistance gravitating towards that but that because i'm i come from an era where we didn't have ipads but yeah i think for the younger generation they would view laptops as a bit antiquated so if you were if we if we'd been if we'd grown up with iPads, I think we'd have, we'd have a very different feeling towards them.
0: I, I agree completely. Yeah, we're just old farts, basically, aren't we? <laughs> I think um, the, the,
2: the the one other point I had about the iPad is universal control, because that to me feels like the clearest representation of of Apple's efforts to try and. and sort of make the workflow between the iPad and Mac a little bit more, uh, you know, sort of more one sort of thing. Um, I, I personally love universal control. I think uh, when, when Craig first demoed it, I think like a lot of people, my, my jaw just kind of dropped because it, it was so just, whoa. And I mean, seeing Craig demo, it was one thing, but I remember when we first got it in the beta, uh, I had installed the betas on my Mac and my iPad and I just dragged my my you know cursor to the side of my Mac, and it jumped to the iPad, and I was blown away. I was blown away that it worked, uh, which I think says a lot about the, the state of of Apple's sort of software control and quality right now. But that's another topic. <laughs> um, but you know, universal control is 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 like one of those things where you it, it makes sense now. If you look back at all the that they've done with the iPad, it kind of makes sense. And I, I hope this is just the beginning of what they have planned for. Uh, for for sort of merging those two workflows
0: into one. The only thing it's missing—it is, is brilliant universal control—but the only thing it is missing, I think, is is third-party keyboard and mouse support. Um, unless it's just me, I know if if I'm using my MX Master Three, for example, and a different keyboard—not normally the mouse, actually. To be fair, not all of the mouse functions work on the iPad if you move from the Mac to the to the iPad. You lose certain things. Um, not a big deal, and I found with certain keyboards. So I know we've been talking about mechanical keyboards recently, Rob, haven't we? On the Discord server, quite a bit. Um, but some of the keyboards that I use don't seem to function quite correctly on on the iPad when you when you're using it in in Universal Control mode. Um, but it's brilliant. It's just, like you say, Sammy It's um, it's just an obvious thing, which you know, Apple. That's Apple at its best when it comes up with these things, which are unbelievably obvious when they launch them. But no one else thought of it beforehand. Um, I love that about Apple. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's like yeah. You've got
2: it. It's it's one, one, uh, one direct hit on the on the dartboard. The one complaint I have yeah, well, about that,
1: the... hang on, I sorry to interrupt. Uh, they the the notion that no one had thought of it before is is not true. Okay. There was Logitech Flow came long before that, which allowed you to do the same thing. And there's another tool which I forget the name of. I'll look it up, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, no, this is not a new thing. However, the implementation is it's typically polished, an Apple and okay. It, it, it took them a year longer than they intended, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's witchcraft. I love it. Sorry. The Zana. one,
2: yeah. just I was going to say the one complaint I have with Universal Control is that your iPad has to be awake in order for it to detect the iPad. So if I have my iPad next to my Mac and my iPad's asleep, uh, and I don't want to, you know, because the whole point of Universal Control is you don't. Apple doesn't want you to lift your fingers off your Mac or your iPad keyboard and trackpad, right? They want you to keep your fingers fixated. But if my iPad's asleep, I have to go and turn my iPad on, unlock it, and then it takes a few seconds, and then it jumps. So I would really, I don't know how they would implement this. It might be an energy-saving thing. They might have felt that, you know, if if, uh, the iPad was constantly detecting, if there was a sort of Mac nearby, it could have just been a complete battery drainer. I don't know what the reason is, but I would just like that one. It's a really small, you know, thing, but it, it, it matters uh, if, if you're, you know, deep in, in a workflow and you don't want to have to move your finger. So that's my one universal control complaint.
0: It does do some occasionally do, do some strange things. So yesterday I was on my um, my MacBook Pro just over there, and I lost my mouse pointer. I thought, Where, where's it gone? It's literally just yeah. disappeared. Uh, and it took me a good two or three minutes to work out that it was on. It's, it appeared on the Mac Mini behind me. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> which I can't, still can't quite work out because I hadn't ever moved the mouse from the MacBook Pro. and that, We're talking a good probably four or five feet away um, over to the Mac Mini. And um, yeah, that was a bit strange, but it's, that's quite a, a rare thing.
1: Well, I think you have just won the first world problem of the day award, haven't you, Mark? I, I always do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got many of those awards. <laughs> um, moving away from the iPad and all that sort of stuff, what, what are you thinking in terms of hardware? Uh, for WW- or, or, or are you not thinking hardware for WWDC, Semi?
2: Uh, I, I don't think we're going to get any hardware. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a software-only event. Um, we're going to get Reality OS. I uh, very, very strongly believe we will. Um, because, you know, Apple obviously is going to need to give developers some time to sort of get accustomed to this new platform. Uh, we've seen proof of reality OS uh, I mean it's not you know uh, uh, just a, this uh, spontaneous humor at this point we've seen code uh, you know sp- explicitly stating reality OS we've seen uh, you know a bunch of things that that clearly point that it's it, it is a thing um, so I, I, I do think we're gonna get reality OS I think a big chunk of of, of the Sears dub dub is going to be AR and VR um, now Maybe we won't get Reality OS explicitly called Reality OS, but we might get like you know a new, uh, a very big upgrade to the AR uh, kit framework, or uh, you know a bunch of new tools or um, uh, APIs for developers to use. So I don't think we're going to get hardware. Um, I think we're just going to get a lot of a lot of new software for hardware. That, that's yet to be announced.
1: Not not even a Mac Pro.
2: No, I I don't even think we're getting Mac Pro. No, I think uh, I think a Mac Pro is still a little bit, uh, a little bit further down. Now, I mean, it, it would make sense, right, to, to put out a Mac Pro at a, at a conference uh, for developers. Uh, developers are, are a pro demographic for Apple, and a uh, Mac Pro. I mean, I don't unless you're like a really you know high end developer. Uh, I don't know if you would actually need a Mac pro that level of compute to to write and, and develop things maybe I'm wrong I haven't developed an app ever so I can't really say um, a bunch of developers are hating on me right now um, but you know I, I, I don't think we're getting a Mac pro now I uh, I think that's still I think that's still further down
1: yeah I mean I I, I, I get that like For a number of years, there hasn't been hardware at WWDC. But the reason I'm hopeful for some hardware is because at the spring event, which is typically your consumer fluff event, they busted out the studio display and the Mac Studio, which I thought was quite weird. Because I was all geared up to, to buy, as a consumer, I was all geared up to buy something cool. And then they showed me some Computers that were too powerful for me and a bit too much money, and a, and a an iMac without the Mac in it. So, I think that I think the rule book's gone out the window. So while we would typically not expect to see any hardware at WWDC, I, this, the Apple are just they're all over the place at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, I'd normally side with with Sammy on this because I've always thought WWDC is is always going to be just purely software related, but um. A lot of the rumors, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about seeing something, even if it's just a preview, like like, like they did with the, the trash can Mac. Because um, was that at WWDC? Did they preview that at, uh, at that? I think so. I think it was, wasn't My it? My
2: memory,
0: yeah. So yeah, I, th- I, th- I agree, Rob. I, th- I think um, we're going to see something because the release dates are all over the place, and, th- and th- they have to get that based on their own timescales. They have to get that Mac Pro out by the end of November, don't they? Whatever it is um yeah yeah. i I
2: don't i don't uh yeah valid points i um yeah we'll see i don't know i mean there have been a lot of rumors you know saying we will get a pro version of the studio display uh in june uh wwdc is the only thing happening in june right so uh they're not going to release a a display without the, the computer so if we're getting a computer we're getting a pro display and if we're getting a pro computer we're getting a pro display so if one happens the other happens um So yeah, I we'll see. I, don't know.
0: I wonder if the Pro Display will have a better webcam.
2: <sighs> what you mean? The Studio Display webcam is not any good.
0: Apparently is not. You, no.
2: Is that what you're saying? I, that that sounds hard to believe. Apple says it's it's a, it's a sensational mic and camera system. I, I don't studio know. Studio quality.
0: Here. Well, yeah, I should be able to film my um, my A roll on it. Really, should, it should be that good. Um <laughs> Have you got one, Sammy? Have you got a studio display?
2: I do not. No, I. Uh, I'm waiting out for the the pro one. Yeah, nice. uh, yeah. I I can't live without promotion now. Once you <laughs> use promotion, you really can't live without it. So, uh, you know, ever since I, I got my 16 uh, inch MacBook Pro with promotion, I can't. I can't use anything. So I, mm-hmm. I was contemplating a studio display, but then I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't live with 60 hertz. I think that might be the second uh, first world problem of the day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> might go to that.
0: <laughs> I think you might win it, actually. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that in terms of the, the MacBook Pro. Because I, I, I wasn't that impressed. I, I wasn't that bothered about ProMotion when I first got the 16-inch version because I didn't really notice it. But you do after a while, you do start to pick up where it's having an effect. I think a lot of it is just through apps being updated to, to take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, apps when you switch... And-
2: and macOS itself which yes. is, is kind of weird you think it would be optimized you know fully before it would even get out the door but apparently not
0: yeah and, and also that it, it's a better display the, the the macbook pro than the studio display ironically it's a better yeah. panel and it's got better technology it's the micro mini whatever it is led um which yeah but i mean just quickly going back to the i won't spend too long on this but the the um the camera on the studio display. I published a blog this morning about this because they've they've released a, a beta version of the firmware, which I think you can get now. I think it's on the public beta release um, for Mac OS. And it apparently fixes a lot of the issues with the studio display. And we're told that it fixes the um the kind of smoothing issue that is there, which looks very strange. If you've seen any of the examples of the of the current camera. It's, it has this very odd smoothing thing that's going on, on on your face. No contrast. It's just a horrible, flat, horrible image. But apparently, this, this version of the firmware fixes that. And we've seen a few examples on Twitter. Uh, in fact, there's, there's loads of them. If you, if you do a quick search on Twitter now, you'll find no end of them. Um, and they're all very different. I mean, there's some that, that still look bad. There's some that look okay. Um, there was one, I will put a link. I can't remember the, the lady's name. I think it's Carolina. She'd taken a, a couple of test shots with her studio display with the new firmware on it. And it looked okay, looked all right. So I tweeted her back and said, what what do you, you know, what, what lighting have you got um, to, to, to be looking like that? And uh, she sent me a photo of her uh, setup, and it was literally two great big key lights pointed at her face, um, which isn't a typical setup. You know, most people will be in a, a room like we are now, just you know, overhead lighting, whatever it is. And under those conditions, it's, it's just crap. It just looks te- absolutely dreadful. Um, and I've had a lot of people, I've had a bit of a moan about this on the channel, and a lot of people will get back to me and say, well, you're not expecting to film a movie with it. You know, what, what, what's, your, what's your problem? But that isn't the issue. The, the issue is that you're spending £1,500, $1,600, and upwards if you decide to get the you know, tiltable, foldable display. Um, you're spending a lot of money on this thing, and we know that Apple can make good camera hardware, and it just looks rubbish. It's as simple as that. I'm not being unfair, am I? I don't think. No. They've got to fix it. But I don't think they will. I think there's a, just an inherent issue with the, the hardware they've put into that thing. I think it's built for profit, which is fine. No issue with that at all. They need to make money. But they should at least give us a decent camera.
1: Well, like, even the camera in the base iPad is better. It is. Yeah snap the cheap the cheapest Apple device you can get pretty much and the the selfie cam is better
2: I I was initially really skeptical when uh, reviews first hit of the studio display and Apple came out with a statement saying uh, you know we'll, we'll fix the camera magically with the software update I that that you know I was like uh, how much can you really do with a software update I mean you know obviously maybe some tweaking to the algorithms to the ISP uh, sure but like at some point there's there's you know, there's a cutoff point for how much you can do just software wise. Um, so yeah, I, I, think the, the current software or the current camera quality you have on the beta, uh, is it's, probably the best you're going to get. I agree. It might get better, you know, throughout the other betas, but it's, um, yeah, it, it, so something went wrong. Uh, and it, it's funny because it's the same hardware as I think the base iPad, uh, or, or some iPad, it's the same, it's the same camera setup, but, um, Something with, with uh, I don't know, how it's built or just how it's processing or something is is drastically wrong.
0: Well, there's a bit of confusion over the camera hardware as well. Because I put this in my blog uh, this morning that Rene Ritchie spoke to Apple and they told him that it was the iPad 9. So the, the base level iPad, which mm-hmm. like Rob says, is, is, a, is great. It does, a, it does a perfectly good job of its um, selfie camera. They told him that that is the, basically the same camera system in the studio display, whereas The Verge, their article on this, mentions the, the iPhone 11 camera. So there's some weird kind of confusion over this. I mean, it doesn't matter. None of this really matters. It, what, what matters is the fact that it's just rubbish. And like you say, Sammy, I, I don't think it's going to get better with software. Um, and it's just a shame, I think, because it's, it's created a lot of bad PR around that device, around that, that display. Um, and Apple knows, you know, they they do have their heads up their backsides quite often, but they they should know that this was going to happen.
1: It's, people still seem to be buying it, though. It's back old until July. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's sound like hotcakes. And I wouldn't. imagine it's the same as yeah, around the see, world.
2: We complain about this because we're just nitpickers, and we just you know we we, we follow this for a living. Uh, but majority of people. Uh, but you know, I do think the quality—the the quality is probably bad enough. Even if someone who's really not, you know, accustomed to tech or doesn't follow it closely, if they get it out the box and open up Zoom and try and go in a meeting, they're gonna be like, oh, why, why do I look so grainy, or you know, why do I look so—I look like a, I'm animated or something. You know, so I, I think some people may notice, but obviously, um, yeah, people buy it still. If it has an Apple logo on it, people are going to buy it. So it really doesn't matter, matter what it is. <laughs> it's true. They'll buy it and they'll backorder it, you know, a year or two years even.
0: Uh, yeah. And it does look lovely. It's a lovely bit of kit. If you look at it on, the, on your desk, it, it, no matter where you put it, it looks really nice. And actually, again, Apple knows that. And that's why it sells. It's not stupid, honey. Yeah. 100%. Um, in terms of kit, uh, Sammy, what, what's your current setup? What have, you, what have you got in front of you?
2: Oh, I have a, I don't even know what model. I have an LG 27-inch display. It's not an ultra fine or anything. Uh, it's it's I don't even know what model it is. It's a few years old. Uh, it's unfortunately every time I turn it on, weird green the lines appear on the screen. So it's uh, it's reached its end of life. Uh, so right now my setup's just a sixteen inch MacBook Pro, uh, and I have an M one MacBook Pro and uh, an iPad Pro, and that's pretty much it. Uh, is your sixteen
0: inch the um, is it the Intel version or the new new M one version?
2: No, it's an M one Pro.
0: Nice. Yeah, Which, um, yeah. What spec did he go for?
2: Baseline and One Pro. Nice. Which, unfortunately, is the only model, because being here in Saudi Arabia, Apple has zero presence here. Uh, we have no Apple Store. We have no online Apple Store even. Uh, Apple just, uh, they don't care about us. Uh, we don't even have Apple News. We don't have um, a bunch of services and stuff. So it, it's really annoying being here. You can not actually get custom-built Macs. So they only send like three different configurations here and, and you're just stuck with that. So I uh, got stuck with the... Uh, but even the low end, I mean, even the M1 was more than enough for my workflow. <laughs> M1 Pro is just uh, a tiny bit overkill, but uh, I, I've enjoyed using it.
0: Yeah, that base spec's fine. Yeah, I, I've yeah. got the M1 Max, but I don't, I don't need it at all. It's, um... how,
2: how much RAM? Well, the M1 Max comes with, I think, uh, 32 gigs of RAM, right?
0: Does it start at that? Mine's got thirty-two. I can't remember if that was a an upgrade or
1: a sure it's so. forced upgrade. I think it's mandatory if you want the max. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So it's got thirty-two no. in
2: mine. I did uh, obviously have sixteen gigs of RAM, and I wish I, I was able to get thirty-two because I do notice it, it kind of stutters sometimes with sixteen uh, gigs of RAM. It, it does uh, does kind of chug a little bit, but that's you know a very rare case when that happens. It's usually during Apple events. Uh, because Apple events, I have like, I am a Chrome user, uh, so I, I'm sorry to admit that. <laughs> um, and uh, during Apple events, I have like, God knows how many tabs open, uh, tabs, Photoshop, Final Cut, sometimes uh, Slack, Twitter, you name it. Uh, so that's that's probably the you know the real test for my Mac.
0: But imagine what that would have been like on the 16-inch Intel version. <laughs> I... <laughs> Can hear yourself think.
2: I might have been able to cook dinner while I, I report the, <laughs> the event or something.
0: Get yeah. a tan from it. How's your your MacBook Air going? Rob, you're still in love with it.
1: Uh, it's the best computer I've ever had. And that, yeah, as, as we've discussed previously, I, I have had yeah, you know, pretty high end 16 inch MacBook Pro level computers. And uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, at the moment. I'm on an M1 machine. I've got OBS running with Chroma Keying. I've got Audio Hijack recording the audio. We've got Zoom running. We've got you know, a bunch of other stuff going on. Eight gigs of RAM, no problem. I and mean, that's Happy that's days. a that's a pretty tall ask, I think, to have all of that stuff going on in real time.
0: Yeah, and not to have any slowdown or fan noise or or anything. Well,
2: there is so, no fan,
1: so, so that's a very good point. So it's uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's driving driving a 4K display. It, I mean, it'd be nice if it could drive more than one display without having to resort to Display Link, because that's the one limitation, isn't it, of the M1 notebooks? Is that they can only they can only officially support one display over Display Port over Thunderbolt, and you know you you can you can fudge more displays by using Display Link, but you don't want to do that really.
2: Um, How how long ago did you get this this MacBook Air?
1: i've had it a couple of weeks so it was a it's an impulse purchase at about three o'clock in the morning because my daughter had woken me up and uh, i couldn't get back to sleep and i noticed that amazon warehouse were having a sale so long story short i got it for 683 pounds which is like thirty thirty three 33 percent off the list price more or less and i thought you know i i know that there will be a, you know, an m2 facelifted version yeah. and it'll probably come in some cool colors and it'll have some shiny things that i want but i th- i imagine they're going to bump the price up because they can i think of anything the macbook air the macbook air is so somehow become the best value for money ultrabook you can buy you can't there isn't an equivalent in terms of build quality performance battery life screen quality so this is an overall package for 999 dollars. you can't there's nothing else which is a strange place for a premium apple product to be in so given all of the good press and all of the hype surrounding apple silicon and if they now i mean because intel with 11th gen have more or less caught up well, in terms of single core performance haven't they and uh, it, obviously the, the performance per watt is still woeful but they can at least say our chips are are as fast, or if not faster, than the M1. I'm interested to see what what the next Apple Silicon revision later in the year does to move things forward. Um, so, I've forgotten what my point was. What was I talking about?
0: It's just how much you love the M1 MacBook Air. Yeah.
1: The M1 MacBook Air is the best computer I've ever I've ever bought. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't think of anything else. I I can't i haven't managed to make it stutter i haven't had i haven't had a beach ball i haven't uh there's just it does everything that i need it to do i didn't pay very much for it and yeah, know whatever they show us later in the year i'm pretty sure it's not going to compel me to upgrade because it's pretty much a perfect computer
2: is it your first apple silicon mac
1: no i've got an m1 uh mac mini as well
0: the even the mac mini though i mean we've we've spoken about this ad nauseum haven't we but it's um yeah, where do you go from there, really? If I think if you're a user like ourselves, even if you're doing 4K video editing and stuff like that, I've got a, a MacBook Pro now that will last me for years. It's um, it's great. Um, doesn't stop me buying every Mac that comes out, but.
1: Well, um, but I think they'll make it smaller. I want to see a a tu- I want to see an Apple TV sized, you know, a sort of nuc style um, Mac Mini or Mac Nano. Maybe because you see the teardowns of the Mac Mini, the the motherboard in the Mac Mini is comedically small. <laughs> there's so much space inside the case, and most of it is taken up by a ludicrously overspec 150 watt power supply that's just a hangover from the Intel models. Bearing in mind that the maximum draw on an M1 machine is about 30 watts, so yeah, there's I think there's a lot of scope to make a really small Mac Mini, and that would be awesome. I, hadn't I forgot thought of that. Who,
2: I was just gonna say I forgot who did it, but some YouTuber took the uh M one Mac Mini and put it in another much smaller form factor. Uh and he actually just tried to see how small you can actually get it and actually work. And he built a fully functioning M one Mac Mini in like uh you know, a size that you could just fit in your hand.
1: Um, that very much sounds like the sort of thing Quinn Nelson would do. That's gotta be a snazzy labs effort, isn't it?
2: That might have to yeah, I really I can't it might it but yeah, i probably is him. sounds like something he would uh, get his hands uh, deep into um, but yeah the, the, yeah
1: the amazing thing all oh, to me for, with the with the macbook air is that it's passively cooled there are no moving parts no there's no danger of dust ingress because there's no movement of air so it in theory it should live forever until the battery dies in it obviously and starts swelling as it will do at or some point eventually
2: mac os support finishes
1: or mac os support finishes but it's which it even
2: just, even with that you would still probably be able to run monterey or whatever the next one is or the you know you'll probably be able to run that year's prior one for a couple of years even after apple officially in support so easily five years more than five years easily
1: so yeah i think it's it'll serve me well for at least three to five years i mean it won't because i'll get bored and i'll get something else in the (laughs) meantime but i don't think that later this year whatever they come up with will be i don't think the value will be there because i think they i think they'll bump the price up because they can they might introduce a lower tier maybe bring macbook back as a, a you know a less premium option or or do what they do with the iphones so you know where you can you can buy last year's iphone for a little bit less than when it was new that i for the for things like the education market and people who just don't want to spend more than a thousand pounds thousand dollars on a computer why not sell the m1 at a reduced rate so you you, if you see a future So at the moment you've got macbook air which is your entry-level consumer computer which actually is to call it entry level is doing it a massive disservice but if they diversify the line such that you had maybe like a 800 hundred dollar last year's m1 consumer machine that's gimped in some way so that you know it's, it's just disabled enough that you you uh, you really do want to go up for the next one and then you've got the next step up is the 1200 hundred dollar maybe which would sit in the place of the current uh macbook pro with the with the touch bar that does anyone want that still? It's got a touch yes. bar. <laughs> you, wow! You you like you're a fan of the touch bar. We found a touch I bar fan. Really? I
2: I, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. yeah I, I'll be very, very, very sad when that goes away.
1: Wow. Rob hates yeah, I, it. I, I yeah. It's, it's my one of my least favorite things.
2: You know, it's, it's a very uh, it's a very niche thing. The only thing I use it for are emojis and uh, quick type suggestions. Uh, since my whole job just revolves around typing, whenever I, I go back to my... When, I sometimes use my 13-inch MacBook Pro and bounce back to my 16-inch. Um, whenever I'm on my 13-inch, I find just how easy it is to, to tap on words as they appear and I'm typing, uh, especially with uh, spelling suggestions because my spelling uh, is, is not the best sometimes, most of the time. Uh, so being able to have that just right there is, is very helpful. Other than that, though, it's, it's useless.
0: I think I used it for one thing I realized after a while, which was just to create a link in Ulysses. For some reason, I just found myself always hitting that to create the, the kind of markdown text for a link. That was the only thing I used it for, which I haven't missed, funnily enough.
1: Yeah, I, I pretty much all I did with the touch bar was accidentally invoke Siri when I wanted backspace. <laughs> that was so annoying, wasn't it? Just my
2: head in. Well you didn't mean Siri wasn't helpful for you? You weren't able, you didn't use Siri on the Mac? Does anyone use Siri on the Mac?
0: It's the first uh, I, thing I turn off.
2: <laughs> it really is. A settings, t- turn off, ask Siri. Yeah, it's, uh, which I have seen some people vouch for using Siri to like quickly show your downloads or like open up Finder. But by the time you invoke Siri, by the time it listens and responds, you could have already probably done what you wanted three times over before it would ever have ever opened the downloads page or ever opened Finder or anything. So it's, it's just a waste of, a waste of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense on the on the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch is my mm-hmm. primary uh, way of interacting with Siri, just because of the contexts in which, you know, I would want to use voice control because I've got my hands full with with kids or you know whatever, and I I, I need to capture a thought. I probably twenty times a day will dictate stuff that i want to remember that i can't act upon at that moment to siri and and it goes into reminders where i can go and pick it up later on any of my devices and triage it and schedule it as appropriate so yeah for on the watch i I use siri all day long i love it but i do not use siri anywhere else
2: well what watch do you have
1: it's it's a stainless steel series 5 that I got new old stock for less than the price of the equivalent SE. So this is something that you'll come to learn about me, is that I only buy things if I can get it at a significant discount, and I'm not at all worried about buying last year's or, you know, a couple of years old stuff.
2: Yeah, no shame in that. <laughs>
1: yeah. okay. Are you rocking a watch, Sammy?
0: What have you got?
2: I am. I Stainless steel as well. It's the Series 6 uh, stainless steel.
0: Nice. I'm the only yeah. one with the aluminium then, Series
2: also
0: 6. Series what? 6, yeah, this one.
2: 6. None of us are rocking the Series 7.
0: Couldn't see the point in it. It's just a slightly bigger screen, isn't it?
2: Series 7 was a weird, weird launch. Hmm.
0: Uh, there was something- you
2: to, did you have something else you want to talk about? Or you to talk about no,
0: watch? not at all. There was something not right with that, with the watch, with that, with that release. It
2: was really odd. Obviously, because... It, None of the rumors came true, but also the fact they announced it with no information. I mean, after the keynote, if you went to Apple's website, they didn't even have a tech page, a tech specs page up. I mean, there was no information about this watch. It almost seemed like they they had you know made it like a day before the keynote, and then just actually worked on it uh, in those uh, few weeks when they announced it to where it actually launched. Um, something was definitely off with that watch.
0: It took a while to arrive as well, didn't it? It, it didn't, from memory, it, it took a while to get shipped and you couldn't order it for a long time. And yeah, something, something was off, definitely.
2: And there, there were some people saying, you know, this was, uh, Apple did want to go and, and give us that flat-edged watch, but at the last minute they changed plans and, and reverted to a, a plan B, which was the Series Series 7 we have now. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I'm confident that Apple has a flat-edged Apple Watch, laying on some desk in Cupertino. Uh, they It, it exists. Uh, it, the rumors were just off guarding what model it was. Mm. Um, so maybe with the rugged Series 8, Apple Watch Series Pro, whatever they end up naming it, uh, we, we can see that there.
0: I'm desperate for that rugged one. I really want that. I want, I want a kind of G-Shock version of the, of the Apple Watch.
2: I wonder how much it's going to be priced at.
0: Good question, and where it sits in the line as well. If it does arrive, I mean, is is it you know is it below the the aluminium one, or is it in the middle between that and the stainless steel? Is it a higher end version? It's quite interesting, is it, to try and work out where they'd place
1: it mm-hmm. um, within the lineup. Have you have you seen the the leaked Pixel watch? Yeah, you know that's like, so that's the wow. <laughs> whether it was accidentally left there or you know whatever the however it's come to light basically there is there is floating around uh, you know an early you know pre-production pixel watch which is essentially a round apple watch in the current style so i would be, be quite amused if they do completely revamp it and give us this the, the new square edge because everything's got to have a square edge now that's apple's thing isn't it yep. so we've got the new flat-edged apple watch after uh Google have clearly gone to a lot of effort to make it look like an Apple Watch. And then the Apple Watch won't look like that anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the look of that, the um the Pixel one. Is it is it it's gonna be called the Pixel Watch, they think, don't they? Something along those lines. Um but I like the look of it. It's even got the same on the band you can see it's got the same like little um connector things, doesn't it? The three yeah, of them. It's,
1: it's, they, they, it, it's, it's very much a, a nod in the direction of the Apple Watch, isn't it? And why wouldn't you because it's the most successful watch on the planet absolutely
2: it really surprises me how popular the apple watch is Uh, i I would love to see apple watch sales numbers apple never going to release them but uh, we get estimates and stuff but i would love to see how how because i mean every time i go out in public the amount of people i see wearing an apple watch is like whoa like it's really popular like you, you wouldn't think it's that popular but uh, you go know in public, and at least here, uh, you, you, see, you see the amount of people wearing an Apple watch. Like you're just like, this has to be, like, a hit product. Like, it probably kind of reminds me of the, the AirPods. Like, if Apple, if AirPods was just a business, it would be in, like, the top, like, 500 Forbes list of the largest businesses in the world or something crazy like that.
1: Well, the, the, so, on on, a, on one of their keynotes, Tim, on one of his slides, I don't know whether he put an absolute number on it, but they, they claimed that they are the best-selling watch in the world. Of after, any kind. Not just the best, and, yeah. Not yeah. not even just smart watches. Just the best watch, period, in the world. Which, which and I, I, yeah, I can well believe it because you just yeah. you, you, you just look out the window and someone's wearing <laughs> one.
0: Which kind of makes sense because there's so many different versions of normal regular watches, aren't there? So you, you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find a, you know, a, a, a Seiko or something that has got the the same sales numbers. But that what fascinates me with it is where that tipping point was because there was a, a time when. Very few people had the Apple Watch apart from people like me that got got the first one, Um, and like you say, Sammy, actually the same thing with the AirPods, the original AirPods. Um, I got those originally, and then suddenly everyone had them, having taken the piss out of me for having them beforehand. So there must be something, and with with the Apple Watch, whether or not it was the bringing the SE, you know, the, the cheaper version in, or whether it was just the fact that it started to mature a bit and became this more rounded health device rather than this kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks which is what the you know the first and second generally arguably were Um, but there was definitely a tipping point where everyone suddenly got an apple watch and they are literally yeah you can't move for them can you
2: yeah it's uh yeah once once you use an apple watch you really can't go without it especially like apple pay on the apple watch is so ridiculously convenient i mean oh, my God, Like it's, it's it's almost like a bad addiction how easy it is to make purchases with Apple Pay because you just you go into the store, you see something like, well, I don't get my wallet out. I just you know, double click the watch and pay, and go about your day. It's, um, it's
1: yeah. like free money, isn't it? It's just the money comes from nowhere. Yeah. I, I bought my fridge using my Apple Watch, Apple Pay, in Curry's. We're <laughs> talking. We're talking about... No, thousand pounds worth of fridge like an american style fridge freezer with a ice machine and stuff in it i just wanted i didn't think it would work <laughs> i just did it for a laugh but um yeah no it just went through i was like oh that's cool and yeah the guy in the shop was like oh, i've never seen that before no one has ever paid for a fridge with their watch in my shop
0: i think i did that for a tire change once we had like two or three new tires and um i just thought what if i wonder if it will work and just ding done all that money just emptied from your bank account with one flick of the wrist frightening
2: one thing about the Apple Watch, though, is, is you kind of touched on this before we started recording. Uh, I have started using the, the Galaxy S22 Ultra. Um, and this is, this is not something Apple's ever going to do. They're not going to let you use an Apple Watch with anything other than an iPhone. But um, I, I've really been enjoying the Galaxy, and it's, it's made me kind of think about my iPhone. Like, I still love my iPhone, but it, it sort of made me wonder how many people use an iPhone because they love it. And how many people use it because they have to, right? Because once you're so sort of entwined in, in the Apple ecosystem, it's so hard to leave. And if you try to just have a Mac, an Apple Watch, AirPods, and an iPad, and then have the lone wolf be your Galaxy or your Android smartphone, uh, it, it, it doesn't work. It's just you know, the, the whole, it, it, they don't just work together. Um, so I would love, love Apple to make, you know, use an Apple Watch with an Android uh, if they if they really wanted to make the Apple Watch a serious, um, it already is a serious competitor, an even more serious watch then they would open it up to uh, to people with Androids. But I highly doubt that will ever happen.
1: Did, did we establish whether or not you've got an Exynos or a Snapdragon variant?
2: We didn't. I, I was looking at it before. We, I I really can't tell. Uh, at least uh, I
1: I, th- I think if you're not having a horrible experience, then it's probably a <laughs> Snapdragon. The only, yeah, the only thing about that, though, Rob, is that I, I found with
0: this with this phone, because obviously I've got the Exynos version, and I've said multiple times recently that it's terrible. It wasn't terrible to begin with. It seems to get worse. It's one of those things where out of the box, I think even during my first review of it, I said, this is, this is fine. It seems to be you know, performing no problem at all. And the week started passing, and I was doing more stuff with it. It's, it was a bit like a window, an old Windows machine that starts to get, you know, you had to, like, defrag the disk. <laughs> um, it, was, it felt a bit like that. Um, genuinely feels like that, actually. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, at the moment, Sammy, it's probably lightning quick and seems really nice,
1: I'd guess.
2: Yeah, I'm really trying to, to tell here what, um, oh, there it is, Qualcomm Snapdragon.
1: There you, there go. you go. So, yeah, no, you're, you're good. You're safe.
2: I'm good. Oh, thank God. Which is weird because the last Galaxy I owned was uh, not Snapdragon, so they must have changed um, the, yeah, their a, shipping or whatever.
1: Yeah, well, so I think for some reason, the, the, yeah, there's, there's something really, because yeah, other people have said, oh, I, you know, I've got an Exynos S21 and it's fine. So there is something not right about this year's exynos i think in the s22 you see it's all over the the interwebs people moaning about there and it's quite telling actually that uh, mkbhd who has access to both obviously is sticking with the s21 ultra from last year as his daily mm. driver i mean he hasn't think outright that... panned the s22 ultra but it's interesting that it's it's you've got it there but you're still choosing to use last year's why why is that I think that's that says quite a lot, to be honest. Um, th- there's
0: definitely something wrong with it. The, the fact that I mean, since I've had mine, there's been three or four um, OS updates, firmware updates that have come out. The last one has improved it a bit. To be fair, it's a bit better now. But again, it's uh, the more you use it, the worse it seems to get. Um, yeah, I think you'll be okay with yours, Sammy, If you've got the Snapdragon, because that that trip chip is fantastic. I had it in the um, the Oppo uh, Find X5 Pro. That was fantastic. That that was iPhone like in terms of performance, um, but the yeah the Exynos S twenty two Ultra is just terrible.
2: Have you no, tried excuse. out the uh, the Google Pixel?
0: Only the four A. That's the
1: last Pixel I've I've had. Um, I've not had the six. Yeah, I
2: had, yeah the oh, six Pro. I,
1: I, 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 did you? Was that you? Did a video on this, didn't you? It's your your one video on your YouTube channel. Is the Pixel, isn't it?
2: Yeah, the Pixel six Pro review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, 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 it, I. It's a great phone, with very uh, young software. The Google, the Pixel experience is very still, very, very young. I mean, simply, you can't even rearrange your home screen pages with the Pixel launcher. I mean, it's it's the simple things that it's still very, it's a, it's still very young, um, very young experience. But since we're talking about chips, I mean, Google Tensor. Um, really a really solid solid chip i had no performance issues with it um so uh, Google about seems the, to the,
1: the fingerprint sensor I had lots of people complain that it's a bit slow and unreliable
2: yeah that that was initially what the reviews were saying um i didn't have issues with it uh really uh it it you know i placed my finger on it, and it by the time i read my notifications it would have already unlocked uh, you know, once you glance at the time in your notifications, it would it would have been a lock already. Uh, the Galaxy S22 Ultra's sensor is definitely much faster, though. Um, but.
0: I think everything about the S22 Ultra is great. Like the, the screen is the best screen I've ever seen on a smartphone. It's it's incredible, isn't it? Particularly if you if you whack it up to the um you know, the full resolution. Mm-hmm. Um the build quality is really good the camera's really good My, the camera test that i did between that and the um the iPhone 13 Pro Max the S22 Ultra in these conditions in the studio it, it wiped the floor with it there were a couple of occasions where the um the iPhone completely screwed up the white the white balance whereas the S22 Ultra every time bang on um it just it made more pleasing images but yeah everything's great about it unless you live in the i think it's the UK and Europe are the main two regions that get the the Exynos, um, everywhere else seems to get the the proper chip.
2: It's it's overwhelming coming being an iPhone user your whole life and then um, becoming an Android user one day because there are so many options for what you can do customization wise. You can change the transparency of the notifications. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking like ridiculously granular control over things that you can just dream of Apple giving us control over, right? Because Apple all, is all about, we know what's best for you and, and just live with whatever we give you because we know better than you. Uh, you know, that's pretty much Apple's uh, philosophy, uh, which, you know, hey, it's worked. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming coming from an iPhone going to a, to a, to a Galaxy.
1: I I like I like the fact that Daddy Tim makes all the decisions for me. Because if I can tinker with something, then I will. So, I mean, I didn't get... uh, My first iPhone, I think it was an iPhone 4. And so prior to that, I had Androids. In between that i i went on a bit of a windows phone adventure i had a blackberry for a while i had uh, and i've had various other android phones and my employer up until very recently i had always had galaxy phones so the last galaxy phone i had was an s10 um but they've recently swapped it out for an iphone se2 i don't know why they've switched to iphone but but they have so i'm Androidless. but i have i've had my my feet in both camps for you know many many years and um yeah, I found that on Android, when you really get into it, if you're the kind of person that that doesn't know when to stop, <laughs> you can get yourself into all sorts of trouble. So I was installing custom, you know, launchers and lock screens and, um, you know, using Tasker to, you know, automate stuff and tinker with stuff. These, Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword it's great that you have that flexibility uh, as long as you can be trusted with it and i can't so I, i found that on android i would spend more time just experimenting and playing with you know stuff i could tinker with rather than actually doing the stuff that i bought the device to do if that makes sense so yeah so i quite like i quite like that i'm 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 restricted in how much time i can waste messing about with stuff on the iphone
0: that's exactly how I feel about it. Although I think with with current versions of Android, all, even though all that stuff is still there, you can still do all that tweaking and break it to your heart's content. It's it feels a bit more hidden. It's a bit harder to find. I think I don't know if that's just a conscious thing they've they've done, or maybe it's just me not looking hard enough. But um, it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as unsafe as it used to. That's what I like about Android these days. But, um, yeah, I, w- I won't rant anymore about the, the S22 Ultra. I'll, I'll leave it there. But. Well,
1: did you see, the, the privacy labels are coming. Your Google Play Store privacy labels. Apple, you know, the Apple nutritional labels sort of equivalent <laughs> is coming. Okay. I find that quite interesting. It's really uh, hard
2: to call it. A, it's, it's not really not an equivalent. It, it's a copy and paste.
1: Well, Yeah. but but the thing is is knowing what we know about google and their their consumption of users data is presumably if they would know if you're the kind of user that is going and checking this stuff and can therefore profile you as someone who's concerned about privacy and therefore sell you you know more push more heavily vpns virtual credit card services Hmm. um you know that, that, that you know sort of privacy focused products because they would have that telemetry data so i'm i'm interested to know what sort of you know the the, the, you know ironically how much you're telling google about you simply by looking at those labels if you're the kind of person that does because you would present a very different set of products to the user who's going in and habitually deciding whether or not to install an app based on the privacy nutrition label versus the guy that just goes in and installs every app from meta without scrolling down so it's th- a feature that is you know pretending to be on your side but i suspect is actually just a way to tell whether or not you are, are privacy focused or not and therefore mm, mm, allow them to profile you in yet another way Does so cynical sense? rob so cynical rob
0: but probably true to be fair
2: <laughs> yeah I, that's a really good point to make google see that they, they'll monetize anything if they can I wouldn't be surprised if, but how would that work? You know, they have like different markers on the app page. And then if you, if you went past a certain point, it would just consider you looking at the privacy labels or, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great uh, business model. um, But I just wonder how they would actually go about implementing it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you you have to scroll down a certain distance. So you would have some, some metrics in there that say, well, look, if a user, you know, habitually scrolls past this point, spends X amount of time looking at this stuff, then we'll, we'll, We'll flag them as being, you know, concerned about privacy and uh, we'll put them into our bucket of, um, you know, our, our, our packaged bucket of users that people who are selling that kind of stuff can advertise to. And, and, and we'll sell adverts to the, you know, or clicks or whatever to the highest bidder.
0: Another reason to stick with
1: iPhones. And blue bubbles because you don't want to be a green bubble loser, dear.
0: No, that is that's a horrible. Yeah, I, I try and start. I mean, uh, I suppose over here we have WhatsApp, which makes that a little less embarrassing. But um, yeah, no one wants to be a, a green, a green person, do they?
2: Which you, you can get blue bubbles on Android. It's just uh, not the same.
0: A, not the same it's bubbles, are they?
2: It's a, it's a little bit of a complicated process.
0: I think we've uh, we've reached the end, guys. But um, and we haven't even mentioned Elon and, and Twitter. Oh, yeah. We won't because we'll be here for another three hours. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that. We'll save that for next time. <laughs> no, no,
2: that's a yeah. That's a rabbit hole right there.
0: Hundred percent. Sammy, thanks so much for coming on. It's been um, it's been great.
2: Thank you so much for having me. That was awesome.
0: It won't be the last time we will we'll have you
1: on again. Normally, we'd say, "Well, where 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 can people find you, etc. But obviously, we, people know you're the, the editor at uh, and the social at, um, at Mac Rumors, so which is awesome. That's such a cool thing to do. Although you've got your own
0: YouTube channel, haven't you? Is it worth this quickly giving that a plug?
2: Uh, once I upload a few more, vi- you know, it's, YouTube's hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> Tell hard. Tell about it. Uh, you do. I spent like three weeks on one video, and then trying to plan out the rest. It's just like, oh my god. Um, but I guess I, you could consider me a, a, an up and coming YouTuber. yeah. Sure. You, you can just find me on Twitter. Twitter is the best place to reach out and connect with me.
1: So we'll, put, we'll put all the links in the in the show notes. We will do. Awesome. Awesome. Cheers,
0: guys. Appreciate that.
1: Thanks.